This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance, or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Hi, and thank you so much for being here today. I'm really excited to introduce this week's guest to you because she actually makes her own products um, rather than manufactures them, which is something we haven't spoke about on the podcast just yet. So Lo Moracini is the founder of the Creative Upcycler. She's an eco-friendly woodworker and jewellery maker based in Brighton. She collects reclaimed and salvaged wood to make bespoke wooden jewellery and homeware. So this is a really interesting conversation. You'll find out about how Lo got started creating her own products, um, sort of the, the practical steps she goes through, where she sells them, and um, I really hope you'll find this useful. So um, without further ado, I'll introduce you to Lo. So, hi Lau, thank you so much for being here today. Um, would you mind if we start by telling everyone about yourself and your business, please? Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to do the podcast. My name is Lo. I'm a woodworker and maker. I'm based in Sussex, uh, in Brighton. And I work from my workshop at the back of my house. Um, I make... Uh, wooden jewellery and wooden objects, uh, mainly from uh, reclaimed wood. Yes. So, re- re- so from reclaimed wood, is that? Yeah, reclaimed wood, yes, from offcuts, yes. Oh, wow. And how did you get started doing that? So, uh, it's uh, woodworking has always been my, my passion since uh, I was a little girl. I grew up in my dad's workshop learning uh, wood turning, metal turning, even mechanics. And after that, I wanted, uh, as a teenager, I wanted to become a cabinet maker. But at that time, it, let's say it was beginning of the 80s, it was a bit uh, tricky. I lived in a rural area and it was a bit challenging for, for a young girl to become a cabinet maker at that time. So I didn't do it and I went to university, I graduated and I moved to Mexico. Well, I traveled to Mexico and I, stay, I decided to stay there because I really loved it. So I worked for 10 years as a French lecturer in Mexico. Uh, but at the same time, I uh, set up a, a collective of makers and artists um, doing woodworking and jewelry making. And after 10 years, I decided uh, to come back to Europe 
to, to, I lived three years in London where I worked as a French lecturer again at King's College. And after three years, I resigned. I, I definitely wanted to, to start my passion and trying to start living, um, uh, make a living out of it. So we moved to Eastbourne, um, where I met my friend Mike, a cabinet maker, and I used to go every, every week to his workshop, um, making pieces of furniture, and um, I realized that he was throwing all the offcuts, really expensive wood and a lot of offcuts, uh, to the, to the beam. So I said, look, you can't throw all this wood. So, uh, I grabbed all the wood, for permission obviously, I grabbed all the wood. Uh, since then he, he calls me a magpie, but anyway. <laughs> and with the uh, pieces of wood, I started to make small objects. I bought a lathe, a wooden lathe, and I started to make um, uh, kitchenware uh, and a bit of jewelry bit by bit, but I didn't have uh, enough room there. But three years ago, we moved to Brighton, and I'm very lucky to have now my own workshop at the back of the house. So I've got all my tools there and I can work from there. This is why I became a woodworker, uh, let's say, full time. Yeah. Oh, that's so I, I really, uh, I think I've really managed to, tra to, to transform, my, my, transform my passion into a, into a business. That's amazing. And so yeah. where do you, how does it work now? So where do you get the, the, your wood and metal from now? Because I know you only use reclaimed items. Is that right? So mainly from, from cabinet makers, uh, wood merchants. Um, now I'm just working with small offcuts and uh, hardwood. But before I used to even collect in skip, fly tipping. And now it's just sometimes I... I I get them for free, but sometimes I have to buy them. It's, it's a, just offcuts. Okay, so you're just looking for like the scraps of wooden metal that other people are, don't want, yeah. don't need. Exactly. It is becoming tricky because the cabinet makers have realized that some people are doing money, are making money with out of their offcuts, so they're selling them now. So it's a it's a bit of a challenge and a job because I always need to, to buy do try not to buy the offcuts, but it's, it's becoming a bit tricky to, to keep my prices low. You know? Yeah, of course, because I guess if you start having to pay for your materials, obviously your costs are going to have to go up to reflect exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. So know, where... Nothing is free now. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Even a little piece of wood. <laughs> So where did you where do you come up with the ideas for your products? So I've had a look on your website and your and your products are also unique. So are these all things that you've designed yourself? Um, yes. And now yes. they things. So how, are they sort? How do you? Yeah. Um, I'll be I'll be honest. I'm not a creative in this way. So I'd love to know a bit about how do you come up with the yes. design for like a beautiful piece of jewelry, for example. Yeah, I used to make bigger things uh, like a big jewelry box, shelves. Uh, sideboards etc and I started to make I had some very small uh, offcuts of hardwood very nice wood like walnut and oak and other wood and um, I started to make rings and I had really good feedback from friends and family and I said wow it's, I said you should sell them so why not so but I decided to to uh, open a website and a shop online. And since then I started this just for the creative upcycler started 
um, a bit more than a year ago. I think I started in June, May or June 2019. Yes. And I'm really happy because uh, I've had a lot of really good feedback online and my sales are increasing and uh, I've got... Uh, I'm working with my customers always for a ring, for example. Some products, are for everything is kitchenware or wine, I call them wineware, you know, bottle stoppers, um, uh, what else, uh, bottle coasters, things like that. Uh, there are products online in stock. But all the jewelry is uh, bespoke jewelry. So yes. you, you, you see a ring and you say, oh, I would like this ring, I really love it. Like the write to me, hi, Lo, I really love this ring, but could you change the inlay of, uh, I don't know, of uh, turquoise by an inlay of, uh, let's say, lapis lazuli or ruby or any other thing, or different wood or different shape, or different size, etc. So at the moment, I'm really happy because I've got a long list of uh, orders for weddings. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wedding the wedding rings. Yeah, wedding rings and engagement rings. Oh, that's amazing. What's in the air, or if it's summer, if it's the lockdown, if it's but people are getting married a lot at the moment. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we couldn't believe that people uh, put all their trust in, in, in me for their wedding rings. And uh, I've had really good feedback and I've got more orders now. That's amazing. And where do you think people are finding out about you? Is it your website or are you doing anything else to promote yourself? Um, well, I, I've got two shops online. I've got a private, I started with a private website um, and I've got another shop on Etsy. Uh, that's online and face-to-face. -face, uh, I try to, to do makers fairs, Christmas fairs, uh, the artist open houses, I don't know if you heard about the, the festival in Brighton. Yes. Yeah, so it, it was cancelled in May, unfortunately, but it's uh, rescheduled for November and December. So that's when I do face-to-face. -face. All the rest is online. I don't have a shop. I mean, a physical shop. Yeah, and do you think, does a lot of your, um, do, we, do, people, do you think people tend to find you online or they find you, you know, when they meet you in person or is it a mix of, of both? They, f they find me online. I, I sell less rings during fairs because I've got a, a samples of, uh, I've got 10 or 15 rings to show them and I can, when we are face to face, I can measure their fingers, we can discuss the design, but people tend not to buy them when we are face to face. I sell more um, homeware, for example, in, in fairs. All the rings, 99% of the rings, I sell them on, online. Oh, that's really interesting. Because as you'd say, you'd think it would be easier to sell a ring in person because you can sit down and discuss. Yeah, right. that's But if you've got the ring, the like, and if you've got the size, because obviously yeah, I can't make, uh, because I, one of my unique selling points, every. every Every ring is unique and bespoke. So I can't make the same ring in, in 10 or 15 different sizes. Yeah, of course. Otherwise, I had tens and tens of rings and not selling them. So it's, you pick the ring, you design it, we design it together, unless you've got you know exactly the design you would like to buy, and I make it. Oh, fantastic. But so you, do you get people ordering rings, though, when you, in fairs and things like that? Yeah. So maybe when I said buying, so obviously not ordering, but yeah. 
yeah, rings are selling better online. It's, yeah, it's funny, but yeah. And what, so, so it sounds like you've got like a mix then of products you make for people and then obviously your homeware products that you make um, and they're always available. So how do you, um, I'm just thinking, how do you manage knowing how many to make of each item? Because actually something, if you don't mind me asking, is how long does it take you to make something? Like if we say a bottle um, stopper, for example, how long would that take you? A bottle stopper, it's... Uh like an hour, an hour and a half, depending on the wood, because yeah. some people want to different woods, and sometimes it's just a simple design. Uh, you have waiting times in woodworking for the drying times and polishing and sanding and treating the wood and cutting, so uh, it's not so long. Some, some rings that take me, I make them over four or five days with drying times. Like some rings takes me two, three hours, other rings uh, eight, ten hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, so how do you sort of balance knowing how many to make of, of your products or does it depend on the wood you can get hold of? How does yes. that work? So the homeware, I've got them in stock. Everything I've got in stock is online on the shop. Uh, the rings, they aren't made yet. Yeah. So for your home Wednesday, how do you sort of know how many to make, or do you not know? Do you just gauge it by number of orders? Ah, oh, you have one of everything. If you want it, I send it immediately. If you want ten, I say okay, but uh, give me five days. But I can't. Just, I, I'm just able to make uh, six of this type because I just have this amount of uh, of cuts of this type of wood at the moment. So it's a, I'm always in a, in a talk, in a discussion with the, the customers. Oh, but that's really uh, interesting. Normally, they, they don't order me 10 bottle stoppers. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. So say you sold one of one design, then you would then make that one again, so you have it ready yeah, to sell I've to got, the next customer I've if you can. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, because I did wonder how that works. So I've looked at your website, obviously. You have quite a range of home products, and I did wonder how you kept on top of them because obviously you're making everything yourself so that's and that's got to take up so much of your time I work on my own so so yes I make everything from A to Z from collecting the woods to to go to the post office and send the the parcel yeah so that's quite a lot of time involved Um, and that's probably a good point to talk about so we meant you mentioned earlier about how it's getting a bit harder to find the scrap wood and the scrap metal so are there any other challenges that you've encountered sort of since starting up your business? Yes, a big challenge selling online is when you don't have any physical, you don't have a physical shop, you have to work a lot uh, on your marketing, social marketing, your SEO online. And I'm not doing enough work on it at the moment because of childcare or other reasons. But I think with a business like mine, I should be a quarter of my time in my workshop, three quarters of my time on in front of the computer working on my SEO content, or my website content, on my social marketing, etc. Taking nice pictures, promoting them, researching for the good, the best hashtags, etc., etc. And I don't like doing that. I, my passion is woodworking, but I don't have a physical shop. I can't afford it, so I have to do it anyway. That's a, a part. Um, 
those challenges of working from home, it's good to be your own boss, boss but no hurrah, but you have to be super disciplined. You have to impose your routine uh, because otherwise it's just, oh, I'll have a lie-in, oh, I'll do that tomorrow, and it doesn't work like that. So it's a bit tricky. And I've got two children, so my, my partner works uh, full-time, so I'm in charge of the childcare. So normally I've got what I call a, a, a full part-time from nine to six for my business. All of the rest of the time I'm with the kids. Uh, but now, because of the lockdown, there's no school. I'm in charge of homeschooling uh, in the morning, every morning, and I, I try to, to get some free hours in the afternoon or, or in the evening for, for, my, for my workshop. Best buy ever. We bought a trampoline. Child, excellent childcare. <laughs> the trampoline is outside my workshop. And the kids are happy on the trampoline. So I've got an eye on them and I make my, my rings. That is an excellent tip. <laughs> that was really good. Um, I think you're right. And I think this current time must be, you know, does bring it challenges. I mean, I guess another, you were talking about the challenge of sort of marketing and promoting your business. And I guess another way, and please tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I assume that lockdown has also affected your business in a way that because you can't go out physically to stores and events and meet people, um, you know, there needs to be more, you know, online marketing is even more important than it ever has been, I guess. Yes, yeah, totally. And I was so disappointed when, when they cancelled the, the artist open houses because I was invited in February for the first time. That someone saw my, my products on a, in a Christmas fair and they wrote to me and they invited me, we really like what you do, so do you want to be part of the house with us and to the, with the collective? And I was really, really honored. And obviously uh, we organized everything and oh, the last, last minute it was canceled. So I'm looking forward for the next one in uh, November. So I'm building my stock now bit by bit. Yeah, it is such a shame. And with what you were saying as well about sort of the, on, the online marketing, I think that's, I think that's part of being a business owner, isn't it? There's always, so much you have to do because you are doing it all when it's just sort of you with your business and I guess an extra challenge for you is that you're also making your products so I have my products business but I don't actually make the product and even so I spend I spend nowhere near as much time as I do on marketing I'll be honest because there's always it feels like there's always something else to do doesn't there um so I can't imagine how I would manage that actually physically creating the products as well I think that's, that's a, yeah, that is a real challenge. Working bit by bit. So I'm yeah. looking forward to September to, to have my, my full-time part-time back. <laughs> From nine to six, I managed to, to do some more work, much more work. Yes, yes. It, it is easy. Obviously, yeah, when you've got child-free time, it's always a juggle otherwise. Um, so while we're on the subject of that, so, so I guess in normal times, so let's say we're not in lockdown, um, how does sort of running a, a products business work with your family? Or does it work around your family it's life? Pretty good. I, I don't, uh, I've got longer uh, waiting time, uh, it's a making time. Or I can make, a, depending on the, the period in the year, during holidays, I, I, I increase my um, time to two to three weeks following this book ring um, 
all in stock, I can send it immediately, obviously, so that's not a problem. Uh, but in, when that's cool, I can make rings in a, one to two weeks, if I've got enough time. Enough, enough time, I mean, to make them, yes. Yes. So, yes, it's good because uh, I've got, still I've got from nine to six, so it's, let's say, five hours with, it's a bit, I, mean, I, I need to make the most of it. Sharing yes, time between the workshop. I'm, I'm really lucky to have my workshop at the back of the, the garden. So when I'm done there, I come to the computer and I do my social marketing and all the SEO and etc. Yeah, that must be really nice actually to separate your work from your home, so have a, a separate space. Yes, yeah. I used to work in my kitchen. So in, when I used to live in Eastbourne, and I'm, I'm very happy. I've got a big workshop, I've got all my tools now. and. I'm struggling a bit with uh, storage now because all, all the offers I've got, I don't know where to put things. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yeah. Is your but house full really, of pieces yeah. of wood? <laughs> so is, is your house full of pieces of wood? No, not anymore. <laughs> it, used <to> be. <laughs> it used to be, but no, not anymore. No, it's That's all good. in the shed and in the garage. So obviously this sounds like a, a business that sort of was created out of love or a passion for what you do so um so aside from sort of enjoying the making process what else do you enjoy about this sort of about the about your business i enjoy the the relationship i've got with my clients online even if it's not face to face obviously i would prefer face to face but i i I manage i'm always i'm answering emails immediately are you sure sending pictures uh designing uh uh, mock rings online to, to discuss the design together and uh, that's a very exciting process sometimes more than making the, the actual ring just designing uh, I've got a cl- I've got a customer at the moment he, he lives in Sussex and he, he sent me a message he said, I really love your ring Lou. I would like my rings my wedding rings I would like you to make my wedding ring um, but I, I'm, a, I'm a boy from the South Downs, born and bred, and I would like to make a ring out of Ashwood and Flintstone. And I say, oh, great idea. I've never, I need to have a go at Flintstone, but it's, it's very hard. And so we're designing, we're making, asking, asking me for, for advice. I'm giving him a, a plenty of options. And it's all the process of designing with... Um, with the customer it's it's it's, it's nice it's, i really enjoy it and and a good feedback at the end so it's, it's even better <laughs> yeah well, it sounds like you provide fantastic service and that's the nice thing isn't it about being a small well, one of the nice things about being your own business is that you can provide that service there's nobody between you and the customer like it's, it's, it's really lovely. rewarding when when someone said, oh, thank you so much for my wedding ring. Wow. And he sends, they send me pictures and it's, it's really rewarding. Really, really nice. That's lovely. That's a lovely thing to be able to create for somebody. Yeah. And An engagement ring. People think they're kind of, I, I, I sell them a bit as alternative ring, wedding rings because obviously it's not the gold or silver, or, but uh, well, some people prefer to have a unique uh, wooden ring or with a bit of a gemstone in, in lay or a bit of silver or, or any 
different design, you know. That's really nice. And how about engagement rings? So do you get people coming for engagement rings and then you get to find out how it all went after? Yeah, the problem. Yeah, nobody to send me. Yeah, she said yes. He said yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and send me the the answer. Um, engagement ring. It's a bit tricky because normally uh, they don't know the size. Ah. So I've got I've had people uh, stealing for uh, stealing for a day uh, another ring running to the workshop, people living locally, obviously, running to my workshop, I measure quickly the ring and they get the ring back in the, in the drawer or in the jewelry box. <laughs> and, and sometimes we just trying to guess. But yeah, the, the engagement ring are tricky, but at the end, we always get the, the size right. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. So, Lo, what um, would be your number one piece of advice for anyone else wanting to start a products business, particularly, I guess, someone who wanted to make products themselves? Do it. That's the first piece of advice. Do it. Trust yourself. Show your work to other people, whatever you're making, to friends, family. Uh, show your work. Try to, to have a support network. Sometimes uh, talk to a friend or a partner or a member of family, uh, tell them your goals, set some goals, uh, tell them what you're going to do, do it, show them the product, accept the bad feedbacks, I mean the negative feedbacks because they help you growing and doing better. Uh, have someone like a, an accountability, um, accountability partner, anyone, Look, next month I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to make uh, 10, I'm going to learn how to solder silver rings. Hop, do it. If you don't have the money to pay for a workshop, go online, you've got plenty of free uh, courses, jewelry making, all the products. Learn, practice, fail, start again, fail again and start and fail. Do it. You, you, and, and Put it out. I mean, in the in the air to show it to people uh, for for feedback. I always uh, something very important as as well is uh, knowing who your customers are and uh, listen listen to your customers basically because you're making stuff to sell to them. You don't you don't make stuff just to to please you in your workshop and keep them in a drawer. So. Yeah, communicate a lot with your customers as much as you can. What else? But go online, investigate. Don't worry if you see, oh, I have this product in mind, but oh, it already exists. It doesn't matter. Do it. Try to do it better. Try to transform it. Try to, to add something more to it. Different color, different material, anywhere depending on your product. What else? Learn. I'm self, for example, I'm a wood turner, but I'm a self-taught wood turner. I never paid for a wood turning class. Even if my partner for Christmas bought me a two days for an advanced course in Sussex for advanced wood turning, I will be. I'll go there to learn more more techniques. But I've learned a lot of things with people online practicing failing, doing it again, etc. So yeah, have a go at it and you'll be better every day.
perseverance. Yeah. That's brilliant advice. Thank you. I agree, actually. I've recently learned, well, I say recently, in the last couple of years, learned how to crochet, and I did it all from YouTube. Just videos of people's hands, and just copying yeah, how, them. How okay i mean i mean i'm not doing anything to sell i'm just doing it for fun but yeah i can i think i'm pretty i think i'm pretty good now actually and as you say it's just doing it um um, although i suppose i guess it's been a bit easier for me because i'm i'm not doing it for sell i'm doing it for fun there's a bit less pressure maybe but i I, maybe that's another advice for people is if you enjoy it it's i guess the creative part should be fun shouldn't it the actual creating should be fun shouldn't be a chore because you're selling it at the end yeah this is what i missed when i I used to work as a lecturer you know i missed manual work you know creating with my hands and uh i feel much much better making doing woodworking than than lecturing people (laughs) there's something relaxing isn't there about doing something with your hands forget the mindfulness that's perfect job for for mindfulness yeah, it's about sorting the rings, you know. It's not for to sell them, just because I wanted. I'm allergic to metal. Can you imagine? So I started making wooden rings for me, and I said, "Whoa, I really like them!" And I'm going to make another one and another one. And when I I, I had five or six, I went and I showed to friends and family, and I said, "Wow, they are beautiful!" And even my my friend, the cabinet maker, said, "Was really really demanding for." finish and perfection said look you should sell them because they're really they're beautiful so i did i did it i started the website and the shop online on etsy etc bit by bit and i am selling some of my rings so it's it's perfect it is. It's great you sort of decided to just put them out there. And I think fantastic that you went and showed people because I think that's something that people can sometimes be a little bit hesitant to do because it's quite vulnerable, isn't it? Especially when you've made it yourself to show to someone and say, what do you think? Because if they say, oh, no, I don't like that, it would hurt your feelings. So it's um, really brave to do that. Someone else. You'll have different, different uh, opinions, you know. Yeah, because of course. My line, is, my line is quite minimalist. I find it elegant and minimalist. Some uh, ring, wooden ring makers make uh, they, they make a lot of inlays, different metals, different woods. It's, it's a, it, even mark tree inside rings. So, so I find not bad, but it's for me to be too much. Yeah. yeah. If, some, if a customer said, "I would like three different wood and two two gemstones and." A bit of marketry inside could you do that of course i do it for the customer because it's uh, designing what i want but i prefer minimalist <laughs> yeah and as you say whatever you do whatever you create it's there's it's never going to be for everyone because exactly. everyone has different tastes and yeah well, so people prefer plastic, plastic rings sorry yeah plastic rings or diamonds if they've got the money <laughs> yeah so I think it's great as you say just to just put your ideas out there just to show people get some feedback and um, it sounds like you found that all really useful yes definitely definitely because first time you make something you like you did with a crochet you say oh it's not bad but you, you will never imagine that that you can sell them so, yeah 
and I think that's good I think the first thing I guess yeah is to just say to people I've made this what do you think I guess that's the first step in having something that you're able to sell okay well thank you so much for everything that you've shared um I'm going to be putting a link to your website in the show notes everyone can go over and have a look at what you create um and is there any last thoughts you wanted to share uh, before we end not just uh, encourage people to, to start a business. Don't worry. It's uh, bit by bit. You just, just do it. <laughs> just go there and do it. It's, it's easy. You know, now it's all the, even free. You can do some sell stuff free on, on Etsy for a listing. It's just like a thing that pay 20p for list for listing. So do it, try out some products, pay a bit for some adverts to see if you've got some feedback or, or returns or, or orders. You never know, you never know. Just go, don't wait, oh, I need this and this first. At the beginning, I had always an excuse saying, oh no, but I don't have this tool. But after that, I realized I don't need the tool. You can do it differently. So do it, launch your business. And I did it and I'm really happy that I did it at that time. Good. Well, thank you so much for your time and for your encouragement as well. I think that it's, yeah, it's really nice to hear all these, your encouraging words. And I'm absolutely with you that, yes, um, you, you, I don't think you ever regret what you do. You regret what you don't do. Exactly. Exactly. That's a, the worst. <laughs> yes, that is fantastic. Yeah, so thank advice. you. Good luck to everybody. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. But um, yeah, it's scary, but also lots of fun. I think it's fair to say. Definitely. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time, Leigh. Thank you. Really nice to talk to you. So I really hope you found that conversation with Lo useful and interesting. Do please go to have a look at her website and take a look at her products. Um, you'll probably, like myself, be amazed that she makes these by hand. Um, as always, I'd love to know what you think of the episode. So you can always send me an email, vicky at tinychipmunk.com. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can also rate and review the podcast, which um, I would really appreciate. So thank you so much and see you next week. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.